It is Friday, April 14, 2023, and welcome to episode 207 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. We're here once again today with NSI superhero Jessica Jones and Les Munson, NSI senior fellow, and me, Jamil Jaffer. So what's the story? Well, about a week ago, a cache of documents appeared online. You heard us talk about it on Monday that revealed a ton of highly classified information from the U.S. government, including that we spied extensively on our allies in nations like South Korea and Israel. Now, yesterday, we learned that Jack Teixeira, 21-year-old airman from Massachusetts, part of the Massachusetts National Guard, was the leaker of these documents, or is alleged to be the leaker of these documents, on a game platform called Discord. Now, the revelation of Mr. Teixeira's identity is interesting, right? But the Justice Department is charging him with violations of U.S. espionage laws, including the unauthorized removal, retention, and dissemination of classified information. But it sparked a debate in the U.S. about how well we protect our classified information, whether this guy should have had access to it or not. But it's also sparked a debate overseas about whether we should be surveilling our allies. Now, we know that today the U.S. has agreements with certain nations, the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, to not spy on one another and instead to share data amongst the so-called Five Eyes countries. But we still spy on a lot of other allies, and they spy on us. In fact, some of the most aggressive intelligence collectors against us include the South Koreans, the Israelis, and the French. So the South Koreans have taken sort of a pass on this. They've said, look, we're not really that worried about it. You know, the U.S. didn't do anything malicious. I mean, they've largely played it down. But behind the scenes, we're seeing a lot of reporting, including news reports, that people are concerned that the new South Korean president, President Yoon, is coming to the U.S. and that this situation with us surveilling some senior leaders and having transcripts of their conversations about Ukraine is going to cause a rupture in what is already a very strong relationship between the U.S. and South Korea, and which President Yoon has made a strong effort uh, to build up um, in the in the uh, in the challenges with North Korea. So the question for us today: Should we stop? surveilling our allies because it keeps these these issues keep coming up it keeps messing up our relations by the way this isn't the first time this has happened when the germans heard about our our surveillance on angela merkel's alleged surveillance on angela merkel's cell phone during the snowden leaks they got really upset and yelled to the world how angry they were at u.s surveillance so jessica jones what do you think i think you know bringing up angela merkel i think there's a big difference it seems there's a big difference between the snowden leaks and today and the public reaction from world leaders on you know monday or over the weekend versus what happened after the snowden leaks made apparent the massive amount of spying and surveillance that was happening and so i don't think anyone i don't think any world leaders are surprised and i think you see less of a blowback for most countries um you know you have other country world leaders saying that documents are altered or or, or fake right you don't see them getting angry or calling out the biden administration um, and I think, you know, you, one result, you know, one cause might be this is no new news. And two, there's deepening intelligence ties between so, the U.S. and so many of its partners and allies that they probably don't have as much freedom to push back even if they wanted to because they want the intel that's coming from the U.S. Are you saying that you actually believe that world leaders didn't know until 2013 that we were surveilling their phones? I mean, they surveil our phones all the time. Like, are you, are you kidding? Like, Angela Merkel was shocked, shocked yes. beyond belief that the U.S. government had... What? Yes, oh I think God. Angela Merkel was that shocked is, and angry right. that oh Barack Obama could listen to what she was saying. Brazil president, same. Yes, I I disagree with you wholeheartedly on that. No, I agree with Stop. that. She, uh, Angela Merkel, <laughs> thought she was pals with Barack Obama. She couldn't what? believe her buddy would be spying on her, and he was. And by the way, he was right <laughs> to do so. We should, first of all, we should always be spying on the Germans. <laughs> Uh, and, we, and to answer your question, Jamil, we should be spying on everyone where it benefits our national security. There's no doubt about it. Here's right. the real issue, though, and what foreign countries are concerned about, rightly, 
is not that we're spying on them. It's that we keep having these leaks on the regular, these <laughs> massive data dumps. It's outrageous. There is something wrong with our national security system that we are giving access to a 21-year-old National Guardsman in Massachusetts who has literally nothing to do with our <laughs> national security is somehow being given access to the highest level documents and the most embarrassing documents that we have. And frankly, and I'm just going to throw this out there, Avril Haines and Lloyd Austin ought to be worried about their job. Their, their job should be on the line here. There needs to be accountability. There needs to be change. It's ridiculous that this is happening and heads should roll. Oh my God. I, and so like, I, I don't know about any of that. That's that, all that. So a right less, the reason he had access to these documents is he had a top secret sensitive compartment information clearance because he literally was a specialist who worked on telecommunications and computer systems and securing them for the U.S. Air Force. So, of course, he needs to be able to look at the data crossing those systems. So that's why he had that high-level clearance, number one. Number two, once you have a clearance like that, you do get access to a number. As you know, Les, having had a TSSCI clearance, you get access to the human intelligence compartment, the signals intelligence compartments, and the like. You get five basic compartments. And so when you have that, you have access to the data. Now, should he have been able to get to, you know, detailed, you know, discussion about war planning? By the way, a lot of that is summarized in classified materials that are widely disseminated. So are you saying we should tighten the access to all that material and, and lock it down so that we end up back in the place where we did in the pre-9-11 era, where we had these huge walls between intelligence collection and lost intelligence collection as a result? To me, this is a no-brainer. The information that is that is meant for senior-level policymakers in, in the executive branch and in Congress ought to be available just to them. We need to change our system. This is, this is, I'm sorry, this is outrageous that this keeps happening. We should not have 3 million people with access to very high level classified information. The system needs to change. Heads should roll. There needs to be accountability. Change it now. This shouldn't happen again. When we started this conversation, you know, like, let's, I didn't think those were the words that were going to come out of your mouth when it was, let's talk about the story today, right? Like, I just, I didn't see like Avril Haines and, and, uh, Secretary Austin kind of being on the chopping block, but cause on the show, we haven't talked about, we talk about the repercussions against world leaders and U.S. policy, not about, okay, what do we need to do to prevent this, to your point, let's moving forward? Like, what, how does this, what do we do? And so, Jamil, you might disagree with, with, you know, reducing them. What do you think is the solution? I think we just need better vetting of people who have access to classified information. I think we need better tracking of those documents so when they do get leaked, we know exactly who leaked them. So whether that's small modifications, the text or watermarks or whatever it is, we need to be able to track who has the material. But shutting down access is just rebuilding the very walls that led to the intelligence failures, not just of 9-11, but of the Iraq WMD and all this stuff. We've had intelligence failure after intelligence failure that is exactly a result of too much limited access. And we've, we've had a series of leaks, true, that have, that have been hugely damaging. This, this, these leaks have, have increased in, in regularity. But I'm not sure the answer is let's, let's tighten it back down. Let's go back to compartmentation that just leads to small groups of having, of having limited information and not being able to share it broadly in a way that's more effective for our national security. I think that's totally wrong. Better vetting, better monitoring of materials, and be able to lock people down faster. And by the way, punishing them when they leak classified. Chelsea Manning got 35 years, and Barack Obama commuted her sense of seven. What kind of a message does that send to everybody else? It says if you leak, you might get off. But I will say here, better vetting wouldn't have stopped a 21-year-old. I mean, what did he have in his life at the age of 21 that was going to be such a huge red flag that we would have to have worried about him? Well, I mean, well, just obviously he he had he had he made racist remarks. He said at this piss oh, poor group. He was talking to, he was oh. talking to Russian. Well, after this, okay, yes, online. now. Like, <laughs> 
We should have full monitoring on these people. We should be monitoring all our people. You can't monitor 3 million people. You can't do that. What you're talking about is physically impossible. Era of modern computing, I don't think it's physically impossible. No, no, what what we, what we ought to watch you with binoculars. Like, I, mean. I think the, our, the trade-off you articulated is wrong. I think we can erect barriers inside our classified system so that people don't have access to this information. It needs to be much more constrained. There, there is no reason for him to have access to those documents. Zero. I'm sorry. The fact that he's right, a tech well, working on something or other in Massachusetts, he's 21 years old. You know, he's not even other. an officer. Like, what what are we doing here? Heads need to roll. Not because Lloyd Austin or Avril Haines didn't do anything, did something specifically wrong. They didn't. But if you hold them accountable, then this won't happen anymore because people will change their behavior. Uh, that's that's crazy. But lessons for rebuilding the wall and firing senior leaders. So that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Connor, Rachel Domino from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Monday for another great episode of Fall Lines, our podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America. And if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so more people can join the NSI Fault Lines crew.